How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Apples and Genos Fantasy Hockey Podcast. My name's Josh Hutchinson, and I'm by myself today. I'm uh, testing out the waters to see um, what it would be like if I broke free from Apples and Genos and went out on my own and started my own podcast. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, Binksy is under the weather today, so uh, he, he caught some sort of flu and is was not feeling up to doing a show today, so, so I'm soldiering on by myself i've only done this once before so just bear with me but yeah we will uh, continue on with midweek moves thanks again for leaving us a review on spotify and apple podcasts if you haven't and you're enjoying our content please just take a second leave us a review we would greatly appreciate it also check out the apples and genos discord server it's a great place to talk fantasy hockey get your questions answered and also receive alerts for when new apples and genos content drops so Midweek moves is, is typically typically Binksy and I. Um, we look at the end of the week, usually from Thursday to Sunday, um, and see. I mean, take a look at schedule maximization. So look at look at the teams with the best schedule and try and identify uh, streamers that you could add from those teams. Um, typically, we do one add and one drop per uh, for both of us each. Um, but uh, today, um, since there's no real back and forth, I'm just going to talk about a few guys from each team uh, that has like a decent schedule that I've identified for the rest of the week. Um, and uh, yeah, just just tell you who my favorites are, who's hot, who's not. Um, and uh, yeah, let's let's uh, let's get into it. So in, in terms of the best schedule um, for the rest of the week, Arizona and Washington both have three games with two off nights. Those would be the best schedules. Arizona actually next week has four games with one off night. So so they have the best schedule to finish out this week and a really good schedule next week, which is extremely unusual. So um, if there are some streamers there or a guy that you want to pick up now and hang on to for next week, um, that's a pretty good situation. And then Boston, Columbus, St. Louis, and Toronto all have three games, but only one off night to finish out the week. And then Anaheim, Calgary, Chicago, Florida, and Winnipeg all have two games, but have the two off nights. Um, so if you're having, if you're struggling to find people to slot in on Thursday and Saturday, um, then that's a pretty good situation. These teams are uh, are good options for you. Um, so uh, we'll start off with Arizona, uh, the, or the two teams with the best schedules. I got a few guys from each team. So Arizona, we'll start with. Um, Nick Schmaltz still criminally under rostered at 21% in Yahoo leagues. Uh, he has 13 points in his last 11 games. He's top line, top power play, not really a high volume shooter. Um, but his shooting percentage is actually lower than last year where every, everyone was talking about how he was shooting at such a high clip. It was a little bit unsustainable, but, um, he gets the minutes. Um, he's pretty steady on Arizona. He seems to chip chip in a goal in a goal or, or an assist every night um and uh, yeah it doesn't really get much better in terms of deployment so 21 percent rostered it's still amazing I, I talked about this weeks ago when he came back from an injury uh, i thought that uh, his roster ship would skyrocket it hasn't people aren't paying attention so you should be jumping on that if you can lawson kraus is 16 percent rostered uh he has five points in the last four games so he's been a little bit hot um he plays about 16 to 18 minutes per night and has been for the last for the last little while um he's second line second power play which i mean on arizona uh the further down the lineup you go uh the the uh less ideal the prospects are in terms of in terms of getting points but lawson kraus has been pretty good this year um 
22% shooting percentage, so shooting at a really high clip. Uh, I imagine that'll come down, but he also hits, uh, which is which is really nice, uh, especially if you're in a bangers cats or, or a points league with, with bangers weight. Uh, he gets about two hits a game uh, and does that pretty consistently. So he's an interesting option in deep leagues. Uh, Nick Bugstad is 5% rostered. He also has five points in his last four games. He's been playing with Kraus on the second line. Uh, he's also on the second power play. He's getting the highest time on ice of his career, playing about 18 minutes per night the last few weeks. I think that's more about Arizona just not really having anyone to play. Uh, but Bukestag ha- has been pretty solid. And in games where I've seen him play, he's actually looked not too bad. Um, and so... Yeah, he's getting about 18 minutes a night the last few weeks. Um, and then in the last 30 days, he's getting just under three hits per game. So hitting even more than Kraus, uh, who is who's the guy that everyone knows for chipping in points and, and, and also getting some bangs uh, on Arizona. So uh, Bukestad kind of holding his own with, with Lawson Kraus there and also playing with him. So uh, in really deep leagues, uh, he's, he's actually a more interesting option than I would have expected. Uh, and then JJ Moser on D, he's sixty. Per, or sorry, six percent rostered. He has three points in his last four games, so I guess kind of hot. Uh, he's an okay option on D. Gets just under two blocks a game, uh, but I think you could probably find a better option uh, on one of these other teams. Uh, so let's move on to Washington. So uh, I, I did want to touch on this. Tom Wilson has been skating, and is supposedly very close to a return. I would be picking him up and stashing him if he's out there. He's only 52% rostered, which is pretty surprising. Um, he's a bangers monster. He's usually uh, among the lead leaguers and or the league leaders in hits, um, and usually plays on the top line with Ovechkin. I imagine he'll slot back into that top six, and he's going to play a lot of minutes. Um, played on the top power play last year too. So man, this this is a this could be a sneaky option, uh, especially in bangers cats leagues. Um, for you to to be picking up if he's out there um, for the rest of the season uh eric gustafson is 62 percent rostered he's at a huge i mean he's been red hot he had had 13 points in seven games before his point streak was broken last night Uh, and he's playing on the top power play for the foreseeable future getting tons of minutes playing over 20 minutes a game um, which is huge for him. So he's he's getting that opportunity, and uh, he's a guy that's clearly offensively talented. So very interesting option. Although he's sixty two percent rostered, and and uh, so it seems like people are con- it's unlikely he'll be available in your leagues. But um, I mean, yeah, still still somewhat available out there. Connor Sheary is twenty two percent rostered. He has eight points in his last five games he plays line one power play two has played with Ovi a lot of the year uh, and has really I mean contributed at times in, in bursts um, he may lose his spot to Tom Wilson with uh, when he comes back but for now he's he's a really good streaming option uh, who's pretty available in a lot of leagues and then Dylan Strom's 26% rostered he has four points in his last five games playing power play one and line one doesn't really shoot much, doesn't bring much peripherally, but he's utilizing his nice deployment uh, to have a reasonably productive year offensively. Pretty similar to what he did last year with Patrick Kane, uh, but he's doing it now with with Ovechkin. Um, not not a huge surprise, um, but I imagine he'll get pushed down the lineup as some of these uh, guys come back from injury. So let's move on to um, 
the teams that have three games with one off night the rest of the week. So we'll start with Boston. I'm just going to talk about one to two guys from these teams. I don't want to don't want to drag on too long. So Boston, David Krejci, 26% roster. That's still really surprising to me. Uh, he's just under a point per game this year. I think, believe he has 28 points in 32 games. Uh, he was bumped from the top power play, but he's still playing with Pasternak five on five, which is really really nice Pasternak's having a fantastic year for them um so uh he's he's feeding pasta pasta's putting the puck in the net and uh it's uh it seems like a match made in heaven so David Krejci really good offensive option there um not gonna get you a ton peripherally but he's gonna get you points uh the Columbus Blue Jackets don't have a lot of time I mean they have a lot of people available but uh not a lot that I'm really interested in Ken Johnson, 6% rostered. Uh, he's about a half point per game this year. He's a rookie, so um, kind of a, kind of unpredictable. I think he's got a bright future in the NHL, but hasn't really produced a ton this year. But he is getting the opportunity with Johnny Gaudreau and Patrick Laine at 5v5 right now. That really coveted center spot. Uh, doesn't really get that much. It doesn't get much better than that on Columbus. Um, so he's going to have some opportunity to put points on the board. So as long as he's there, I would be... Uh, taking a hard look at Johnson for for a stream. The St. Louis Blues, uh, also three games with one off night. Sh- uh, Braden Shen and, and Rob Thomas are, are probably the most ideal streamers right now. Uh, they're getting lots of minutes. Um, they're playing at 5v5, and then they're both playing on the top power play with Ryan O'Reilly and Vladimir Tarasenko out. Um, they're both hovering a little above 50% rostered in Yahoo League, so they may not be as available, but if they are, they're definitely great options uh, in terms of streaming. Shen brings a little bit more peripherally. He hits a bit more, shoots a bit more, uh, but Robert Thomas, I think, is a, a more consistent point producer. Um, and then Ivan Barbashev, uh, this is, this is a little more attainable, I think in in most leagues, he's 14% rostered, not really contributing offensively as much as he was last year. Uh, but he is playing with Braden Shen and, uh, Brandon Saad, uh, and he gets hits. So he's, he's a decent option as well, playing in that top six right now. Uh, let's move on to Toronto. So Kelly Yarncroke, he's the guy everyone's been talking about. He's playing with Tavares and Marner, 20% rostered. People are noticing. Uh, he is a point per game in his last 10 games, and that goes back to even before he was playing with Tavares and Marner. Uh, not really shooting a lot, shooting at a really high clip. Uh, so, I, I mean, I, I, he's running very hot. Uh, but I, as long as he's playing with Tavares and Marner, I am interested. Uh, I feel like um, just from watching Leaf games, that line has kind of gone... I mean, flown under the radar just because Matthews, Bunting, and Nylander have been so amazing. Um, so uh, it'll be interesting to see if they keep this combination together. Um, but for, as long as Yarncroke is, is flying on that wing, I would I would be uh, picking him up as long as Toronto has a good schedule. And then Pierre Angval is 1% rostered. Plays on the third line, uh, but he's quietly had nine points in his last ten games. He generates more individually than Yarncroke, so uh, and he shoots a lot more. They're both on power play two right now. I think they're playing the two defenseman power play with Riley and Sandine, uh, and then Yarncroke, Engvall, and I believe Pontius Holmberg. So they don't play a ton. That that power play one um, combination plays most of of their power plays um but pure angle um yeah i don't know i don't if if you're really desperate for a streamer uh he he's there and he's he's 
heating up. Okay, we'll move on to teams with two games and two off nights. The Anaheim Ducks, not a good situation. You go on Frozen Tools right now. They got a bunch of snowflakes beside everybody's name. Mason McTavish, however, 16% rostered. He's playing a ton. I mean, there's very little to like on Anaheim right now, but I'd bet on him more than the other people on the team. It's pretty much just like, if I had to pick someone from Anaheim, that is who I would pick in terms of guys that are available, but there's probably better options on other teams here. Uh, The Calgary Flames. Uh, My choice here is Dylan Dubé. He's playing on the top line right now with Toffoli and Lindholm. Not sure how long that's going to last, uh, but he's 15% rostered, so very available. Uh, Has the highest point pace of his career uh, with the highest time on ice. Um, He's looking to smash his career numbers. Um, And, uh, yeah, I I think he he is a pretty viable streamer there, especially while he's getting that opportunity and, and that ice time. Chicago, another team, fart. Uh, I hate streaming from Chicago. I would almost recommend not touching anyone, but if you had to pick somebody somebody from their team, Max Domi is 24% rostered. I mean, he's the only guy I'm interested in streaming. He's been pretty consistent on an offensively terrible team. Um, but yeah, there, there are better options out there. He doesn't do a ton peripherally. He's just chipping in points. Uh, he's out there with Patrick Kane. I mean... I can't make a strong endorsement for Domi, but if you're desperate, he's there. Uh, the Florida Panthers, uh, I got Anton Lindell here. Um, he's 25% rostered. He's really struggled lately, especially since coming back from his injury. Uh, but he's playing with Sam Reinhart 5-on-5, five five, which is what he did a lot of the year last year. Um, so hopefully that'll spark something. I almost wonder if uh, they're trying to to get them comfortable with each other again uh, with Anthony DeClaire um, fairly close to coming back because he'll probably slot into that top six. Um, so interesting to see uh, if Lindell can can pick things up in terms of point production. Uh, and then Radko Gudis is, is back healthy again. He's only 46% rostered, which is pretty surprising. Um, so if you need hits, uh, you should be picking him up right now because he is the best there is in that category. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets, this is the last team that I'm going to talk about here. Adam Lowry is 11% rostered. He is pacing to smash all of his career highs in all offensive categories. Uh, he's almost reaching his career highs in points and, and goals and, and assists uh, at this point of the season. We're not even at the halfway point. Um, gets hits. Uh, he's playing right now with Shifley and Kuhlman at 5-on-5. Uh, at five five. So with the with Perfetti and Blake Wheeler out with injury. So really like an Adam Lowry right now. Um, so he, I think is a pretty viable streamer at least uh, as long as those guys are out and he's playing with Shifley. Yeah. I mean, typically at this point we talk about hot topics. Uh, I'll just touch on something from last week. Uh, we talked about how I, I found an interesting stat that Eric Stahl and Jordan Stahl were both red hot uh, and producing points, and I was like, "Is there a renaissance coming?" Jordan Stahl's back to co- come back down to earth. He's he's had zero points in his last few games. Eric Stahl, on the other hand, getting pushed down the lineup, getting way less ice time than he's been getting because Florida is all of a sudden becoming more healthy, uh, and he has four points in his last two games. So he is he's still red hot. It's it's crazy. He's he's kind of becoming uh, a reasonable streamer. He's 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 kind of regained his scoring touch. I mean, obviously, in really deep leagues, he's going to be available almost across the board. 
so I'm not I'm not saying go out and get Eric Stahl right now, but uh, watch that lineup, watch that deployment. Uh, if he moves up a little bit and is getting a little more ice time, uh, maybe he's maybe he's worth a worth a shot at least for a short term stream. Uh, so now I'm gonna do a, a quick zero G check in. So Anton Forsberg, uh, we're gonna start with him. So he's a guy that I I haven't really mentioned a ton. At the start of the year, he was above fifty percent rostered. So um, because he was getting a run with Talbot hurt, um, since Talbot's been back, he's barely played at all. Um, and Talbot had gotten a really long run in the starting position with Forsberg only playing on back-to-back nights. Uh, the last two games, Forsberg has played both games. Uh, he's started both um, after Talbot had struggled for a couple games in a row. Uh, he's only allowed one goal in those two starts. So he's 40% rostered. Keep an eye out uh, for the Senators' goaltending situation because if, they, uh, if they're if they feeling like riding the hot hand, um, it looks like Forsberg... Uh, I mean, there's a potential for a shift in terms of uh, in terms of playing time with the two, between those two goalies in Ottawa. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, Phoenix Copley, I touched on him in my article. I had him ranked, uh, I believe I had him ranked third on my power rankings for the week. Actually, it was second. Uh, and I pled with people to pick him up. He's still only 36% rostered. And I implored, I said, I implore you to pick him up if he's available in your leagues. I had a guy on Reddit that commented on my article and said, Copley going against Dallas, Boston, and Vegas. No thanks. I'll pass. Well, joke's on you, Reddit. Phoenix Copley beat the Dallas Stars last night uh, in a 3-2 win. So just wanted to call this guy out. Maybe you should be listening to my suggestions. Uh, moving on to the Penguins, Tristan Jari was forced to leave the Winter Classic uh, with an injury. Um, so, depending on how long uh, Jari's out for, uh, they may have to lean on Casey to Smith. So that's a situation that I am definitely interested in. Um, so watch that situation closely. Um, he has a 9-11 on the season. That's Casey DeSmith. Um, so, I mean, he's been okay. He's been serviceable. The, this is the kind of zero-G situation you're looking for. You're looking for um, opportunities for people uh, on decent teams um, that are, are going to have an opportunity to succeed. And I think Casey DeSmith is going to get a, a bit of a run here if Jari can't play. Uh, and then Sam Urson, I mentioned him. Um, he's the third string goalie in Philly. Uh, he's top 28 of 29 and one against the ducks. So that he did get another start. Like I predicted, um, they, they have a Philly has a pretty easy schedule, um, to start the week with Anaheim and Arizona. Um, but it sounds like Hart is back healthy again. He was activated off IR. Um, so he, he's probably going to play. I imagine Urson will get sent down uh, fairly soon, I guess, uh, uh, unless uh, Sandstrom uh, isn't ready to go. Maybe he'll back up for a little bit, but I think Hart will probably probably get a run. But yeah, Urson narrowly missing a shutout. The Ducks scored with less than a minute left. Uh, otherwise, he would have uh, had his first career NHL shutout. Uh, all right, let's get into the mailbag. So uh, I got a few questions from the Discord so let's let's get into it a big guy in the house 29 says just wanted insight on how y'all prepare for a week i personally usually use most if not all four of my ads almost right away in a fresh week and i've gotten beef from my league mates about saying it's a dumb strategy but i prepare my weeks to the t and i don't like when someone snipes a stream i wanted curious to see if i'm dumb or what 
uh, I know it's not a perfect strategy, but it it's worked best for me. So uh, this, is, this is interesting. I don't think there's any reason for people to make fun of you in terms of using all of, all of your ads or most of your ads early in the week. Uh, I think it really depends on league settings. It really depends on the competitiveness of your league and how... Uh, I mean, how much you're, you're going to have to compete for streamers. It also depends on schedule each week. So how many teams are going to have a really advantageous schedule if there's really heavy nights and uh, really light nights uh, where those light nights are going to be super advantageous. And then there's maybe only one or two teams that, that have a schedule where they're playing on those off nights. So uh, that's, that's definitely a factor. I think for me, um, I'm more likely, I mean, I mean uh, yeah, it, it really depends on the league. In the Cupful this year, um, it's a deeper league, um, 14 teams in each division um, with a couple extra roster spots. They have a couple extra skater spots than a, than a typical default Yahoo league. So there's not a ton of streamers available and the quality of streamers is not very high. So you're battling at the start of the week for those guys that have a really good schedule. So um, in that league, I'm, I would say I'm, I'm definitely, I mean, uh, there have been a number of weeks this year where I've used two to three ads right at 3am, 3am uh, Eastern time on, on Monday morning. So um, that's, I mean, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that strategy. It really depends on your league. But then I, I'm in a 10-team bangers-cats league where I'm not as likely to, to use all my ads early just because there's so many players available. And also in a cats league, you don't know at the end of the week what you're going to, what categories you're going to need to shore up. So I tend to try and save some ads um, for Friday, Saturday, Sunday um, to see if there's, if there's categories where... I'm really close with my opponent and I need an extra little bump to, to kind of push myself over the edge. Then I can, then I can find players and target players um, that are stronger in those categories. So um, yeah, I I don't think this is necessarily a bad strategy. So uh, (laughs) you can tell your league mates to shove it. All right. Next question is from the Mark Skinner. He says, Hutch, my man, what are your thoughts on Backstrom when he returns? Does he hop right back in the saddle on top line, top power play? Who does he bump? Is it our buddy Dylan Strom? Thanks again. Hope you feel better soon, Binklemania. Uh, yes, our hearts go out to Binksy. He's having a rough go today. So, so uh, yeah, hope you get feeling better, bud. Mark, I think, uh, I, I mean, I'm definitely interested in Nick Backstrom. I think he will, li- I mean, he'll definitely be in the top six again he'll I'll, i think he'll almost definitely be on the top power play it seems like uh i i wouldn't be surprised to see him replace strom in the top six and uh, take his spot on the top power play doesn't really move the needle a ton uh i think backstrom has built-in chemistry with ovi it's very clear that they are not interested in playing kuznetsov and Ovi together at least right now Um, they had a really slow start to the year and it just hasn't worked they haven't uh, been able to jive this year so uh, yeah I definitely wouldn't be surprised to see Backstrom on the top line uh, and uh, potentially even with Tom Wilson on the right side which is that'd be a pretty formidable um, top line for for Washington and all of a sudden they'll have a ton of offensive depth which is something they've struggled with this year so, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm really, I'm really interested in Backstrom, especially. So if he's available, I'd definitely be stashing him. It sounds like he's close. I mean, if you have, if you have enough IR, st- IR, IR spots to stash him in, in the meantime. 
Um, so yeah, I think Dylan Strom is probably going to be collateral damage there. Um, you also have to temper expectations with Backstrom because um, it was a pretty serious injury. Um, and uh, he's getting older. Uh, his point pace wasn't uh, wasn't incredible last year when he did play. I don't know if that was because he was hampered by injury or what, um, but he just hasn't played a lot in the last few years. So we, we should temper our expectations a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, if he's getting that deployment, he's he's uh, he's a great option there. Nate asks, predict Bedard's point total next year and what round you will want to take him in redraft leagues. So uh, this is I mean, this is a hard question. Uh, I, I mean, so I, I took a look at Connor McDavid's rookie season because I mean, obviously Connor, Connor Bedard is blowing away this world junior tournament. We've been talking about Bedard for forever. Um, but this is, this is next level. He has 21 points in four games in this tournament. Like it, I've never seen anyone dominate a tournament like this, uh, ever in my lifetime. Not that I can remember. I know, uh, he, he, broke records from Eric Lindros and Yaramir Yager and guys like that from, from the early nineties and the eighties. Um, but, uh, I've never seen anything like that in uh, my lifetime, as long as I've been watching hockey. So, uh, it's really hard to judge how that's going to translate to the NHL right away. Obviously he's going to be, I think he's going to be a generational talent. Um, but in terms of what he'll do this year, I think it depends on what team, uh, what team he gets drafted by. Um, but I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if if he's good enough to carry a team the way that Connor McDavid has. So I I looked at McDavid's stats from his rookie season. Obviously, he had that shoulder injury um, that took him out for almost half the year, uh, and he was well over a point per game. Um, and I can remember watching McDavid at this World Juniors tournament, and uh, and being like, oh yeah, he's good, he's really good, but not being blown away. He wasn't the best player in the tournament, not even the best player on his team. Um, so, uh, it's interesting. Uh, I mean, that's probably not, not a good, um, not a good, not a good way to measure how things are going to translate. Hockey is a weird sport. Um, it's really hard to predict, but I think Connor Bedard, I think, uh, I don't know if this is a safe bet, but I think you could safely expect him to get point per game, even on a bad team. Yeah, I don't. I mean, again, I don't know if that's safe. Rookies are volatile, but in terms of, uh, in terms of generational talents like this, uh, you've got to bet on that. So, um, in terms of where I draft him in redraft leagues, oh man, uh, that's really hard. Um, if I'm banking on a point per game, I guess that puts him in the fourth, fifth, sixth round. Uh, but that's even scary for me. I, I'm I really gun shy of rookies, but in this case. I mean, guys like this don't come around very often. So, yeah, I guess that's really tough. I'm going to have to reevaluate that in the offseason. But at this point, I'd, I'd say point per game and mm, fourth to sixth round, uh, which is really high for a rookie. All right, Agent Orange asks, uh, well, he says, few fast fire questions for you number one gut feeling who do you think gets bedard in the upcoming upcoming entry draft uh, i mean my gut feeling right now is the anaheim ducks i believe they're in last place um i think it'd be pretty cool to see him playing with guys like zegris and troy terry and mason mctavish um him and mason mctavish actually played together at the world juniors last year so um it'd be pretty cool to see them reunited um, let's just look at the league standings right now. So Chicago, Chicago's at the bottom too. I don't know why I don't feel like he's going to go to Chicago. 
Um, I, I feel like typically when teams intentionally tank this hard, <laughs> they don't end up getting that number one spot. Uh, so I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the Anaheim Ducks. Um, Blue Jackets would be pretty cool to see him play with Gaudreau and Line. That would obviously that would probably be the best situation for him. Uh, Sharks, uh, I don't know the Coyotes, Montreal. That would be interesting. Um, supplant Suzuki as a top center. Having him and Suzuki as the top two centers would be pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I, my gut feeling, I don't know why, is is that he's going to go to the Ducks and, and, and play on that fun, um, highly skilled young team uh, and have like a nice little top four of, of Zegers, Terry, Bedard, and Mason McTavish. Uh, which team should be the most active at the trade deadline? Um, I mean, I mean, there's a few of these teams. I mean, I don't know if you're you're talking about buyers or sellers. I think the Leafs need to be active as a buyer. Um, they really need to win. The Bruins, I think, will definitely be active. They're always active. They're always buyers. Um, and this is their last dance, right? So I expect the Bruins to be really aggressive, uh, trading a lot of draft picks, trading a lot of prospects. Not that they have a really big prospect pool right now because they've kind of, I mean, they've blown it up for for quite a few years um and their their prospect pool, pool is pretty dry um but i i would anticipate them uh, to trade draft picks because this is uh, i mean we don't know when they're they're going to be good again especially if bergeron and Krejci retire um you don't know how how happy marchand's gonna be uh once they're gone i believe david pasternak uh is a pending ufa yeah, so his contract expires uh, expires this summer. So um, so we don't know if Pasternak's going to want to come back if those guys are gone. So it should be interesting to see what happens in Boston. So I expect them to be really aggressive. In terms of sellers, um, I think teams like, well, I mean, Chicago doesn't really have anyone left. <laughs> they've, they've been in full tank for a while. But I, I look at teams like the Sharks, uh, although they're kind of in a weird situation too where um, they've just signed Thomas Hurdle long term. They have Carlson for a while. So if they can offload those big contracts, then I'm looking at at guys like Timo Meyer, who has an expiring contract, um, to to be traded at the trade deadline. Um, yeah, I mean the Flyers should be active. Not sure that they will be, to be honest, because uh, Chuck Fletcher is an idiot. Uh, the Canucks, I think, need to be active in terms of selling. Outside of that. Oh, the Blues. I, I almost think the Blues need to lean into that role as well, but I, I, I think they're perpetually – they perpetually think that they're contenders just because of that whole situation with, where they were last place December 1st and then they went on to win the Cup in 2019. So um, they always have that mentality, it seems, in terms of the management, uh, but I think that they should probably be looking at trading some assets at the deadline. Um, biggest surprise of the season so far – probably Eric Carlson. I think he's uh, top five in scoring in the league right now. And we're at the halfway point. So that is, uh, I mean, that obviously even the people that were, yeah, he's tied for fifth with Nikita Kucherov with 53 points uh, so far this year, which is just unbelievable, especially on San Jose, who's just has not been a very good team. That's obviously a big surprise. I think Jason Robertson is a fair surprise. Um, I don't think that anyone expected him to, um, to rise to this level and uh, being a top five scorer in the league um, and producing like this. 
Uh, I mean, you could say Tage Thompson. I mean, yeah, I guess Tage Thompson. Like, I don't think anyone expected him to to get to this uh, to this stage of the game and be on pace for over 60 goals. So, uh, obviously, we saw him take a step last year, and we're pretty excited about that. But uh, him being at this level is definitely definitely a surprise. I mean, he was he was averaging uh, being drafted from like 90th to to in the hundreds in some leagues. So, so obviously people were not expecting this to happen. Uh, and then your early favorite for the Calder. I think, um, I think it's a toss up right now between Logan Thompson and Maddie Beniers. I don't think Maddie Beniers is running away with things by any means, but he has kind of created a separation in the scoring race. He has 27 points right now. Matias Michelli has 22 and he's in second place. And then you got guys like McTavish and Perfetti who are right there. I think, I don't think it's outside of the realm of possibility to see someone, um, have a great second half. Uh, and really turn it on and then steal that from Matty Beniers. But I think he he is right there. And then Logan Thompson, obviously, having that great year uh, as a starter in Vegas. Um, he's got a 9.15 save percentage, so pretty reasonable. Um, it's definitely dipped uh, in the last month. But uh, still a very serviceable goaltender, uh, playing on a great team, getting lots of wins. He has 18 wins, 9 losses, 1 overtime loss. Uh, so as a rookie, that's pretty fantastic. So I think uh, out of those two, depending on the second half, I think they're they're probably they're probably my favorites right now. Uh, and that makes me sad because uh, I had that, that bet on Cole Perfetti. That was one of my hot takes. But uh, you never know. Maybe he'll have a maybe he'll have a good second half here if he can get healthy again. Um, and then our last question is from Reese's Pieces. Uh, welcome back, Reese's Pieces. I feel like we haven't had a question from you in a while. Uh, since it's exactly the halfway point in the season, what players were you, were you wrong or right on? So um, I guess we'll we'll go with um, the players, the two players that I drafted the most uh, in my leagues, um, Braden Point and Mo Sider, and they've both been, they've gone in opposite directions. Braden Point um his adp in yahoo leagues was 117 uh and he is the 40th ranked player in kakupful he has 38 points in 36 games uh that's an 87 point pace i took him uh in my leagues i took him 66th 67th and 93rd i drafted him in three leagues so that's fantastic value um i was pretty high on point going into the year um i think a lot of people had injury concerns which is which is valid um but uh, i i mean i just i just uh, it was extremely unlikely that he wasn't going to get the opportunity to 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 um put up the points and he's he's just such a fantastic player uh i was really high on point um and his uh, and his individual chance generation and all that jazz uh, and then also playing with Nikita Kucherov, he's been stapled to him. So, um, and and that was uh, not a huge surprise for me. So, so yeah, obviously he is definitely outplaying where I drafted him. Uh, Mo Sider uh, went all in on Mo Sider, drafted him in three leagues as well. It has not gone well. Uh, drafted him 47th in a Bangers Cats, uh, 47th and 30, or sorry, 47th and 25th in two different bangers cats. 25th was a reach, but I really felt like he was going to take a step this year. And then also 38th in the Kakupful. He is the 194th ranked player in the Kakupful. Uh, obviously a little bit better in bangers cats because he's still hitting and blocking. Uh, but man, 12 points on the season so far. I don't know what's going on with Cider. Maybe we were all completely wrong. Uh, at least for this year, it seems like we were, uh, and it doesn't 
I mean, there's no there's no reason to believe that things are going to turn around for him. So, uh, I mean, fingers crossed uh, that he takes a step. But he's not even he's not even really like a buy low candidate at this point. I can't even sell him low. Uh, yeah, was was very wrong about cider, uh, and I will I will eat that for sure. So that's all I have for today. Check out the Apples and Genos Discord server. Shout outs to the band there there for providing our music. Their Spotify link is in the episode description. Give us a rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter. Binksy is at Binklemania. Nate is at Apples Genos. Blake is at Blake Creamer SE. And I'm at just Josh in 4-1. Send Binklemania your love and your get well soon notes. Please practice safe stats and happy streaming. Have a good one, folks.